Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Hi, I'm Gabby Reese. Join me and my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, on our journey with Laird Superfood. From our kitchen to yours, we've crafted delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and so much more using high-quality functional ingredients. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 for 20% off your first order. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is the VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Here is Adam Burke. Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me here on this Thursday, August 24th edition of VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. I'm your host, Adam Burke. Nine games on the betting board here for today, but frankly, a lot of the games taking a back seat to the news that broke last night about Shohei Otani and his torn UCL. I'll talk about that in a couple of minutes, along with some other news and notes from around the league before getting into today's games and the one play that I've got. Before I do that, over at vcin.com, lots going on right now as we prepare for the college football and the NFL seasons. College football, of course, beginning here on Saturday. New writer Tyler Shoemaker writing up his best bets. I'll have mine out today for the week zero slate as well. We got plenty of content coming your way for college football and the NFL, including a week from today, our updated NFL betting guide and add-on to the one that we did back in June, updates from training camp, some contest strategies, a new look at the futures market based on bookmakers and the action that they're seeing from Matt Humans. So we got plenty of stuff coming your way, including little team updates for all 32 teams, including what Michael Lombardi has seen and heard here throughout the preseason and training camp. So looking forward to that. The only way to get everything that we do at VSIN is to become a VSIN Pro subscriber. Head to vcin.com slash subscribe today to check out our subscription options. All right, so the big news in Major League Baseball, again, breaking late last night, Shohei Otani with a torn UCL, will not pitch the rest of the season. Him and his reps are still deciding whether or not surgery is the correct option. And, of course, for Otani, he was staring down the barrel of being MLB's first $500 million player in free agency, and now that is in significant jeopardy. This would be the second Tommy John surgery for Otani. Had his last one back in 2018. Now, from a betting standpoint, because this is a betting show, I do have to let you know that you know the MLB or excuse me, the American League MVP market was down this morning at DraftKings with you know a lot of questions, obviously, as to whether or not Otani will come back as a hitter for the rest of the season. If he does, he should still win the MVP running away. If he doesn't, 
Well, you may have some voters who are like, okay, well, he missed six weeks and this guy was able to do this and help out his team's chances and all of that. So I don't really know what will happen from an MVP standpoint, but quite frankly, I I don't really care. I'm I'm more concerned with the fact that this guy, who was the greatest player on the planet, maybe the greatest single baseball player we've ever seen with what he's able to do as a two-way player, has suffered another serious injury. And you know the track record for pitchers having Tommy John for a second time generally not all that good and there would be you know an increased likelihood of further injury down the line so you do wonder about the length of a commitment that a team will be willing to give to Otani viewing him as a two-way player if he becomes an outfielder he has elite sprint speed anyway so he may end up being maybe one of the best offensive corner outfielders in all of baseball and could be a really good defensive one as well that may be something that Otani and his reps have to figure out. But for now, it's just sad. It's just a bummer. It's just heartbreaking. It's disappointing, especially, you know, in, in texting with Jonathan Von Tobel last night, my colleague here at Vison, who was also an Angels fan, like for him to be pushing that hard for that team and them to not make the playoffs with him. And of course, ironically, Mike Trout goes back on the IL. Uh, that was another thing that was kind of slipped in. Uh, with that update last night for the Angels, but just so disheartening, so disappointing, genuinely a bummer. It, it genuinely put me and I'm sure a lot of people in a bad mood last night seeing that update come across the wire. So hopefully Otani doesn't need surgery. Hopefully it's not a complete tear and maybe it's something that can be fixed with rehab or some other kind of you know therapeutic procedure, but Huge bummer. And, and not only that, you know, on a much lesser level, just because he doesn't have the same name recognition, but just as sad nonetheless, Stone Garrett, a guy who really worked his way up through the minor leagues, actually became a real estate agent because he wasn't sure if he had a future in baseball. Having a really nice season for the Nationals, fractured his fibula last night in a 6 nothing game, basically 7 nothing at that point, trying to catch a DJ LeMahieu home run at the wall. Uh, so it's a cruel game, man. It's just a cruel, cruel game, and, you know, it's uh, it's a real bummer to see what happened to Otani last night, and again, hopefully uh, it's it's not as bad as as the report, you know, as anytime you hear torn UCL, you immediately think the worst. With any luck, maybe it's not as bad, but still just a very, very difficult thing to handle and process. The other bit of news that came out of yesterday is that Guardians manager Terry Francona seems to be retiring. He's not directly said it. He doesn't want a big farewell tour with a bunch of fanfare, but it would seem that this will be the last season for Francona, who's had a lot of health problems over the last few seasons here. And to be honest with you, being a Guardians fan, I'm not the biggest Terry Francona guy. And clearly I should be. They've had plenty of success with him. He was desperately needed after the failed tenure of Manny Acta. But I think that, you know, his in-game decision-making has long been a problem for me. And he's a guy who's really, really good at the 90% of the job we don't see, and maybe not so much at the 10% of the job we do see, which is leveraging relievers, lineup construction, making pinch hit decisions, stuff like that. I think he's loyal to a fault with those decisions in in-game situations. And I think it has actively in some ways hurt Cleveland, or held Cleveland back especially this season where there's not a very good team. So the margin for error is much smaller than it has been in previous seasons. But this is a really interesting thing here going forward because 
Cleveland has basically been in a shell and looked rather lifeless in the month of August. They don't have Josh Naylor in the lineup, who's their emotional leader on a day-to-day basis. Jose Ramirez is kind of backed out of the spotlight a little bit. He's very ashamed of what happened in that fracas with Tim Anderson. And the Ahmed Rosario deal really threw Cleveland for a loop as well, where keep in mind, this was a team that was in first place at the All-Star break. And, you know, they wind up being a seller at the deadline. They move Rosario, they move Aaron Savali. And now, and maybe Terry Francona has spoken to the players about this already, but now, you know, without directly saying it, it certainly appears based on all of his comments to the media over the last couple of days that Francona will be retiring. So you really wonder about Cleveland for the rest of the season here. You really wonder, will they, you know, win one for the Gipper and rally for Francona and and really start being invested and, and start actively trying to play better? Is it a thing where there's just so many young guys in the lineup that don't really have that attachment to him that it's just a thing? It's just the business of baseball. You know, there's been some roster turnover here with this team. There, there really aren't a whole lot of holdovers from, you know, the, I don't want to call them the glory years, but the, the years where this team was really a legitimate contender in the American League. And you do just wonder about the dynamics of that whole situation, the distractions it's going to pose of every time you go to a road city now, they're going to ask Jose Ramirez and they're going to ask Josh Naylor and they're going to ask whoever's on the mound. You know, oh, well, what about, you know, Terry Francona and the legacy that, you know, he's had in baseball and the impact he's had on you and all of that. So this will be a thing that the Guardians have to deal with throughout the rest of the season as well. And I'm not necessarily sure how to handle it from a betting standpoint, but I do know this team has played very poorly throughout the month of August. So if they somehow spark a rally and make a run, and truth be told, they've been a much better second half team under Francona throughout his you know 10 years with the organization than they have been a first half team. I don't know, but okay, we're getting to that time of the year now where there are a lot of unknowns, a lot of intangible, unquantifiable things that will have an impact on team performance. You know, I mean, you've got some teams that expected to do more. And as they get deeper into the month of September, they realize that they're not going to. That's a very difficult pill to swallow. That's a very difficult thing to deal with. You've got teams that are in the spotlight for the first time that haven't been for a long time. You wonder how they hold up to the pressure, how they're able to sustain throughout the month of September and all these important games in terms of playoff positioning and all of that, there are a lot of unknowns when you get to these last five or six weeks of the regular season to go along with, you know, personnel changes and stuff like that. So, you know, guys will know that they're playing their final few games at home, you know, because they'll test the market in free agency and all those kinds of things. It can be very difficult. And those are all things that cannot be quantified, cannot slap a number value on them. So that makes it tough, and that'll be a tough thing as we go throughout the rest of the season here. So, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that you have to tread lightly or anything like that, and also baseball takes a backseat when football starts, so there may be some lines that are a little bit more mispriced out there in the marketplace because the handle on baseball just is not there when it's football season. So that's a possibility too. But, again, there are a lot of moving parts at this time of the year, a lot of mo- emotions involved a lot of things that, again, you can't quantify. So it is tough to kind of read between the lines and read into those situations with teams. And it will probably cause me to have lower volume as we go throughout the rest of the season here. I do only have one play today, but there are only nine games on the betting board. So, you know, just 
giving you a heads up on that. You know, I'll still be doing the article every day, still be doing the podcast every day. With it being football season, both could be truncated and cut down a little bit just because there are a lot of other responsibilities with football content, with being the managing editor here. Uh, You know, there's also some other things that we're working on. So just want to give you a heads up about that when we have a small card and a bunch of day games. Figure I had some time here on the show to address a couple of those things and also address the big news of the day. We'll be right back with some game breakdowns and my one game for today on VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even posted to my my game. (laughs) Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. All right, back here on VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Please make sure you rate, review, subscribe, five-star reviews. Very much appreciated for this and all of our VEASAN family of podcasts. Did a week zero podcast with Tim Murray on the College Football Betting Podcast. That came out yesterday evening. If you haven't gotten a chance to check that out yet, please do. And again, head over to vcin.com slash subscribe to check out our subscription options. All right, Justin Steele and to be determined today between the Cubs and the Pirates. Late game here at PNC Park. Cubs about $1.65 favorite. Total of nine in this one. Steele's been fantastic here this year. 280 ERA, 350 expected, 312 FIP. Great strikeout to walk ratio, only 10 homers allowed. He's only given up 14 earned runs over his last six starts. 
The Pirates are a bottom five offense against lefties here in the second half. So this should be a pretty good spot for Steele. Have seen this line go up a bit throughout the day. I don't know if it'll be Andre Jackson or maybe Osvaldo Beto getting the start here. Maybe a piggyback tandem situation. I don't know. But to me, regardless of who starts, I think it's Cubs or nothing in that game. But the Cubs growing as a favorite here. I know there was some talk that maybe Mitch Keller would get the start here in this one. But with this line going up, I don't think that'll be the case. Reds and the Diamondbacks here. Should have trusted Cincinnati in game one yesterday. That's the game where Otani did leave hurt. Thought Andrew Abbott and the Reds were a bit overpriced in that one. And look, I didn't mention this at the top with Otani, but, you know, I had talked yesterday, I'd given the Angels some praise of, you know, hey, they're not pushing this guy too hard. He's obviously wearing down. They gave him two weeks between starts. And now I ask myself, why the hell didn't they do an MRI between starts and find out? that he had this UCL issue instead of sending him out there yesterday and then finding it out the hard way. Anyway, uh, the Reds did sweep that doubleheader yesterday and now take on the Diamondbacks. Two teams playing pretty well. You know, the Reds sweep the Angels in that three-game set. They've won six of nine. The Diamondbacks have won nine of 11 as they've gotten back on track after losing nine straight to start the month of August. Brandon Williamson, Merrill Kelly in this one. Diamondbacks, dollar seventy favorite, total of nine. Williamson. Just a tough guy to back. 447 ERA, 499 expected, 476 FIP. However, 360 ERA in his 42nd half innings, 429 FIP. Just gave up four runs on nine hits to Toronto, but the Blue Jays have hit lefties very well in the second half, and he's allowed two or fewer runs in five of his seven second half starts. So maybe Williamson and the Reds a little bit too big of a dog here in this game. Merrill Kelly gets the call for Arizona. He's pitched well, 288 ERA and six starts since coming back from a blood clot in his calf, but he does have a 496 FIP in that span. Has not allowed more than three runs in a start, but has given up seven homers. 96.7% left on base percentage over his last 34 and a third, 44.3% hard hit rate. There are some regression signs in the profile for Kelly. Uh, maybe the Reds are a little bit too big of a dog here in this one. Uh, but Arizona playing very well at this point in time. Plus, Arizona had yesterday off, whereas the Reds had to play the doubleheader. So I think Arizona, you know, a little bit more rested, bullpen in a little bit better of shape. So that kind of cancels out what I think is maybe a little bit of price value on Cincinnati. Boston and Houston, this game starts at uh, starts in about an hour here is from the time when I'm recording. J.P. France and Brian Bayo in this one. Astros, $1.35 favorite, total of nine. Bayo's struggled here in the second half. He's had a lot of things going on. Um, had a good start last time out against the Yankees. Six runs, six innings, excuse me, one run. But had a kid. He's been away from the kid. Had to go back to the Dominican twice, once during the break, once for the birth of the kid. He's just kind of been bouncing all over the place, and it's been hard for him to settle in. He's not missing a whole lot of bats. 53.3% hard hit percentage in his last five starts. He's another guy that's been better against righties than lefties. So in theory, matches up fairly well against the Houston offense. 282 Woba against in 253 plate appearances. But I would actually lean with the favorite here. Uh, JP France does have regression signs in the profile. 275 ERA, 439 expected ERA, 415 FIP. 81.8% left on base percentage, 18% strikeout rate. Those two numbers don't really mesh, but... He's not allowed more than three runs in a start since May 29th. Good hard hit percentage, good barrel rate. 
194 ERA, 315 FIP since the All-Star break. So maybe he's just going to keep doing this. Maybe he's just going to keep outpitching his advanced metrics. So nothing from me in that one, but a slight lean towards Houston, although that game will go off probably about the time you're listening to this podcast if you get it right away. And if you don't, then this game may already be over. Toronto and Baltimore, Jose Barrios and Kyle Gibson in this one. Pretty fascinating here to think that Gibson has a better FIP than Barrios on the season, even though Gibson's ERA is 1.58 runs higher. 497 ERA for Gibson, 339 for Barrios. Barrios has a lot, a couple more homers, five more hit batters, but his strikeout percentage quite a bit higher than Gibson's. And honestly, with the data that we have available now, stuff at Baseball Savant, contact management data, all of that, I don't even really look at FIP all that much, to be totally honest with you. I don't think it's all that valuable of a statistic in a lot of ways. Blue Jays lose last night 7-0, which means Felix Bautista didn't have to pitch for Baltimore. Trevor Richards came out, gave up five runs in the eighth inning to make that one a laugher. I really thought about taking Toronto here today, but here's the thing. Baltimore on the season, 9-3 and three against Toronto, plus 33 run differential. Toronto has scored 37 runs in 12 games against the Orioles. So this is something you'll pick up on, and Cleveland used to really have this edge within the division. Houston's had it for a long time, too. The really, really smart teams put a lot of focus and emphasis on beating division opponents. Every game is a two-game swing. Also, you used to play 19 times against those teams. Now you only play 13. This will be the last head-to-head meeting between Baltimore and Toronto. But Baltimore has been the more prepared team, the much more prepared team in this head-to-head series. And even though I think Barrios has a higher ceiling and a higher floor than Kyle Gibson, Baltimore has been so good head-to-head here that they must have found something. Either they figured out the way to pitch to Toronto, a very right-handed heavy lineup, uh, they found a way to hit against Toronto, looking at pitcher tendencies, all of that. Their advanced scouting has just simply been better against Baltimore than what Toronto has brought to the table. So that was what held me off of this one. Sometimes it's just one-sided, even though these two teams are fairly equal, right? I mean, Baltimore, you know, a better team in the standings, but the difference between the two teams is largely the head-to-head season series, where Baltimore is plus six games against them. Baltimore leads Toronto by eight and a half games in the division. So those head-to-head games are what has really decided, you know, these two teams and where they stand in that AL East division, and Baltimore just has a better feel for Toronto. So even though I like Barrios more, I wound up staying off of that game. Ken Waldachuk and Jesse Schultons here between the A's and the White Sox. White Sox dollar forty or so favorite, total of 10 in this one. It is surface of the sun hot in Chicago here today. Um, it's supposed to be 93 degrees at first pitch for a night game here between the A's and the White Sox. Very thick, very humid. Wind could be blowing out to left here again as well. Storms are possible, though, in this one. Ken Waldachuk. So, like rotation mate Luis Medina, Waldachuk on the season, the numbers aren't good. 591 ERA, 495 expected, 534 FIP. But as the season's gone along, both Waldachuk and Medina have made some strides here. Waldachuk, 455 ERA, 381 FIP in his last 55 and a third. If we look just at the second half, 436 ERA, 363 FIP. 363 FIP over 33 innings is quite solid. And Waldachuk, 39 strikeouts over those 33 innings, 15 walks. He's only given up three homers. 
He's not the punching bag that he was earlier on in the season. And here in the second half, 13.1% swinging strike percentage. So he's finding more swing and miss. He's getting better with his command, getting better with his contact management. The White Sox, they're only 22nd in Woba against lefties here in the second half at 294. They also strike out a lot. Maybe a Waldachuk K prop, not a bad bet here tonight. I'll see if I can pull that up as I'm finishing up the show here. But that may not be a bad option where Waldachuk does have well over a strikeout per inning. And the White Sox are just a very undisciplined team. They swing and miss a lot. Waldachuk, four and a half. The over is minus 155. That's a little bit cost prohibitive here. But if you can find over four and a half at better VIG somewhere else in the market, I think Waldachuk could get some swings and misses in this start here. And I did honestly think about taking Oakland here. But Jesse Schultens is pitching well up until his last start against Colorado. He walked five, gave up five runs and three and a third or something like that. This is the first time he's given up more than three runs in an appearance this season. 379 ERA, 392 expected, 450 FIP. Struggling a little bit of late, but again, making a start at Coors Field, very, very difficult. The thing that pisses me off and the thing that I can't really get a handle on with this Oakland team is... The pitching is improving. Luis Medina has been better, as I mentioned. Ken Waldachuk's been better. J.P. Sears, I think, is still a solid rotation arm. The pitching has been better. The offense is better. Zach Geloff has come up, and he's been a really, really good offensive piece for them. Brent Rooker's still hitting for some power. But they're only 11-24 and 24 in the second half and 6-14 and 14 in August. And I do think there are multiple days in a week where I think, damn, I kind of want to bet on Oakland. And they've won like 38 games this year. So even though we've had better individual performances, this is still a bad team, bad bullpen. And they've shown that throughout the course of the season and throughout the course of the second half. But there are some building blocks going into next year. And when I think they're probably going to have a historically low season win total number, I might be interested in going over with Oakland for next season. Not really much to say on the interleague games here because two of them are about to get going right now as I'm recording. One of them already did. Nationals and Yankees already getting going. Patrick Corbin, Michael King will open. Johnny Brito in relief as the bulk guy. Colorado and Tampa Bay, Peter Lambert will start for Colorado. Sean Armstrong opens. Erasmo Ramirez bulks for the Rays in that one. One game I can touch on, though. The Dodgers and the Guardians, so they're cleaning up a suspended game right now that never should have started last night. Dodgers up 4-1. to one. They're going to end up covering the run line, which was a play from last night, and I'm going to be a little bit annoyed. But the second game, Ryan Pepiot and Gavin Williams. Pepiot getting the start here for the Dodgers. Maybe it's Pepio. I don't know. But he's made one appearance at the big league level this season, five innings of one-run ball. Had a 347 ERA last year, 431 expected. Uh, not really sure what to expect from him. But Gavin Williams has been really good for Cleveland. Over 59 and two-thirds, 302 ERA, 418 expected, 382 FIP. So, you know, you wonder, full day, long day for the Dodgers here. They go to Boston and take on the Red Sox next. Maybe a little bit of a look ahead in game two. Perhaps Gavin Williams in a decent spot here. No play for me in this one. I don't know what the bullpens look like in game one and how it'll play out. Also, it's very hot and humid in Cleveland, too. Weather could be a factor, could have long delays. Who knows? It all depends on when the rain shows up. So nothing for me in that one, but I thought it was interesting. Uh, first suspended game, I think, in 30 years in the city of Cleveland, something like that, uh, with that game starting last night. 
and not really being able to get going. All right, one play for today. Rangers and the Twins. Pablo Lopez, Andrew Heaney in this one. Remember eh, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, where I said, hey, Pablo Lopez is 200 to 1 to win the Cy Young at DraftKings. You could do a lot worse than making that play. Well, if you look at him right now for the Cy Young Award in the American League, Pablo Lopez is down to 30 to 1. So this is a big start for him in terms of his Cy Young candidacy. He's down to a 351 ERA, 309 expected, 317 FIP, 19 straight scoreless innings for him, 22 strikeouts, three walks in his last three starts. Big step up in class here, taking on Texas. However, in his last six starts, 122 ERA, 262 FIP, 37 innings pitched for the season, almost a 30% strikeout rate, 6% walk rate, good contact management numbers, big swinging strike percentage throughout the course of the year. Lopez has been really, really good for a long period of time. His ERA is now just starting to show it and kind of looking more like his expected ERA and his FIP. As far as Andrew Heaney goes, 427 ERA, 463 expected, 472 FIP. He's not pitched poorly on this season, but recently here, it's been a bit of a tough stretch. Got sick in Oakland, couldn't throw a bullpen, was on a short leash in San Francisco, got knocked around in an inning in a third, got pulled early. Then goes three and two-thirds against uh, Milwaukee last time out. Gives up three runs on seven hits. His velocity has been down in each of his last two starts. And this is a guy who's got a long injury history. Something seems to be going on here. Twins, 109 WRC plus against lefties in the second half. 449 slugging, which is 10th. The Rangers have hit righties and have hit basically everybody throughout the course of the season. But Lopez on an elite run right now. Heaney is not. Lay the dollar twenty-five with the twins here in that one. Shop around, see if you can find a better number. But twins minus one twenty-five, the only play for today's show. I'll be back again on Friday with another edition of Vsin Daily Baseball Bets. Please make sure you rate, review, subscribe. Go to vsin.com slash subscribe to become a Vsin Pro subscriber today. Thanks for listening, everybody, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Hi, I'm Gabby Reese. Join me and my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton on our journey with Laird Superfood. From our kitchen to yours, we've crafted delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and so much more using high quality functional ingredients. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code Gabby2024 for 20% off your first order.